Well, Kim Kushner, first of all, congratulations that you wrote this wonderful book called The Modern Table, Kosher Recipes for Everyday Gatherings. And you also got the most marvelous Dina Sussman to do your foreword, and she loves you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You must have had a good time together, the two of you. Yes, she's a dear friend. So, and and I have to mention because um, just about everybody who mentions you to to us mentions how stunning you are, and you are, and you have this sense of style, which I have to mention because it explains a great deal about this book. This book is is not like just for um, kosher food. I mean, it's for good food that also happens to be kosher, right? Thank you. That is my goal, yes. And and the other thing is that you give a lot of attention in this book to helping us get some of that stunning style that you possess. You're helping us. Yes. (laughs) I think it's it's the full package. You know, it's the food. Delicious food is wonderful, but... If you can enhance the setting, it makes it even more wonderful. It elevates it a little bit. Well, you know, I mean, you do a lot of the things that um, that we always like to do entertaining, I mean, in my family, um, including the table settings and so forth. And and I, too, would collect little tchotchkes and put them on the table. <laughs> like I have, like, ceramic sheep and a ceramic duck. And so if I'm having duck and, and lamb, I would put those figures out intermingled with the candles, which you also <laughs> espouse, candles and candlelight, which I think I always helps. That. And I, I yeah, also I have white and white. <laughs> which is, but, you know, not many people do this anymore. We, we, don't have, we don't have any pigs either, do we? We do have pigs, actually. We have Belique pigs. <laughs> we, 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 we do. But they're not kosher, no. We realize you don't, but we do. No, I, I, I don't, but I would still love them. Because I think it's, these little, it's the little touches that, you know, it's these little touches that are conversation starters. And, you know, what's better than a delicious meal enjoyed with great conversation? And great conversation is, you know, it starts with these little touches, so it all adds up. Right, and and you do something else that I have in the past done, although we don't do as much as we used to, um, is send people home with a little something. Absolutely. I love, I love the idea of sending people home with a little something, whether it's a, you know, a single rose or some homemade chocolate or a little bottle of vodka, something, just a small touch. Uh, I'm always about the little touches. Well, you, you, you really represent that in this book. A little bit about your background. Um, it's a bit exotic, isn't it? I guess you could say so. <laughs> so tell us more. Sure. I w- okay, so um, I, my mother is born in Morocco, raised in Israel. My father is a can- first-generation Canadian, and I was born in Montreal. 
Um, and I was born and raised. Yeah, and I grew up. I went to school in Montreal, Canada, and then I moved to New York about 20 years ago. So now I have a dual Canadian-American citizenship. I am, have a lot of influence from my mother's Moroccan background. I love Moroccan I'm, food, by the way. Love it. Absolutely love it. Of all the Middle Eastern foods out there, um, I swear by Do you know um, the, the guy in um, San Francisco, Murad? The chef. I've, I've heard of him, yes. I mean, I swear by his cookbook. I mean, that's oh. what I use for all the, you know how many different ways people make preserved lemons. Well, I swear by his. It takes longer, but it's really great. And, okay, and great. I'm going to check it out. Oh, yeah, I'd love that cookbook, yeah. It's his first one. I don't know if, if um, it, I think he must have had more than that. But um, this is not your first book, cookbook. Mm. No, this is my fourth cookbook, and uh, with every book I say it's my last one, so who knows? Oh, believe me, I understand that. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a book that I always wanted to make because it combines not only beautiful, simple, fresh, kosher recipes, but like you touched upon, it also offers entertaining, uh, a guide to entertaining and to doing it comfortably and enjoying being a host or a hostess. Yeah, see, that's the thing that I think a lot of people miss, that um, when they, a lot of people just don't, I, there's something missing in, in, in this new style of entertaining. I don't know quite how to explain it. It's almost like it's it's a chore for everybody to do it. So if it's a chore, why do they bother? Exactly, and I think people focus too much on everything being perfect, and uh, maybe they try too hard, and I think that if you go in with a positive attitude and you start with recipes that are tried and true and simple, you'll, you know, you'll definitely come out enjoying it a lot more if your head is in the right place. Right. You say put on a good playlist, have a glass of wine. Make it into a celebration, just the preparation. And you also have other guidelines. Go ahead. No, I said I agree. You know, it starts, it's not just about the dinner or the lunch or the brunch that you're hosting. It starts with the preparation. So definitely try to enjoy it yourself. Pour yourself a glass of wine. Put on some music. Be organized. Make it, you know, simplify as much as possible. Yeah, well, there's. I think that these are good bits of advice that you put, empty book that you put in your uh, how to use this book section. Um, right. I mean, you start with the best ingredients, review the recipe. I can attest to that one. I I learned that early on in my young adulthood by not reading through the whole recipe. I, mean, mm-hmm. I was doing um, Julia Child's uh, charcuterie garni, and I'm, mm-hmm. I went and got all these ingredients, and I'm putting it all together, and it's now like 7 o'clock at night, you know, and it says mm-hmm. now simmer for six hours. <laughs> We've all learned the hard way that you really need to read the recipe and complete. But, you know, this stay organized is also, I mean, I think that if you get disorganized, everything comes crashing together into a big blotch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really think 
preparing as much as you can in advance and trying to stay organized, writing out your menu, even making sort of a timeline of like, you know, the day before I can do this prep and then a few hours mm-hmm. before I can do this and one hour before, that really allows you to stay um, organized and to know what's left to do. Right. So, no, I mean, not many people, um, not, not many cookbook authors take use any space um, as, as you have with the concept of design a tablescape. But, boy, simple but stunning. Again, the word is stunning. Um, the, you have hints and suggestions about little things you can do to, to really, you're setting the mood, aren't you? Exactly, yes. And I think that a beautiful and inexpensive, simple, no-frills table leaves a big effect, and it, it sets the stage sort of for the meal that's to come. And I think a little bit goes a long way when it comes to setting a gorgeous table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought, actually, you have... You have uh, photographs of some of your arrangements instead of ordering a big thing from the the uh, florist. I mean, here you have this really simple glass vase with rainbow charred stems, and I was blown away by it. It's so gorgeous. I'll also use if I have bunches of herbs or artichokes, or, or I accidentally ordered. Uh, I thought I was ordering a small bag of walnuts in their shell and I ended up with a huge bag of walnuts on their in their <laughs> shell so I scatter them on the center of the table with some nutcrackers. I like to make things interactive and interesting. So if I have a fresh gorgeous bunch of mint, fresh mint and I put it in the center center of the table, it adds a beautiful look, a beautiful smell and it's a conversation piece as well. So I think it all ties together. I still have, I mean, there was a time when people actually did this because I still have a nutcracker and those little picks that used to get the walnuts out of the mm-hmm. shell with from my mother. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, do not overcomplicate. And, and it, I think it goes without saying it's not a good time to be testing out for out recipes. Exactly. If you're hosting, go with recipes that you know, you're comfortable with. It's not the time to try, you know, an an overnight roast or something uh, super complicated. Mm -hmm. That's not the time for it. Right. (laughs) Now, your recipes are um, sort of ingenious anyhow. I mean, they're very creative. And as you indicated, it's not necessarily that they're just kosher. They happen to be kosher, but but they're delicious first and foremost. Thank I mean, you so it, much. Look at this quick ginger scallions soup, scallions with mushrooms and chilies. It's wonderful, huh? Thank you. I just think that if you start with fresh, seasonal, simple ingredients, you don't need to do much to achieve something really beautiful and delicious. So that's really my style. And I also think that, you know, people have a misconception when it comes to kosher food. Um, And kosher really just refers to dietary restrictions and dietary laws, things that we can or cannot eat. And there's so much beautiful food 
that we can eat and we can work with amazing ingredients. So there's no reason to, to sacrifice quality just because you're cooking kosher. And that is what my approach to kosher cooking has been in the course of my career. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, you point out that, that frequently if you say kosher cuisine or kosher food, people really are, are, are talking about um, deli food, Jewish deli right. food. which is Like a Jewish raw. cuisine, right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So, but you have um, also, I, I liked when at the very beginning, you spell out what you're using. If you're going to call for flour, it's all purpose. If you're going to call for salt, it's unsalted. And you go through all your list of ingredients like that, which I think is wonderful. And I then, try to make it as clear and simple as possible, even when it comes to ingredient lists. I don't like recipes that need, you know, 50 different ingredients. I like a clean white page with little writing because if you approach it that way, it looks approachable and simple. And you think, wait, I can do this. So that's, yeah. how, um, that's how I built the book. I did a, a chef's cookbook, and um, he, he wouldn't relinquish. He was one of those that wore the tall hat, you know, uh, and, and mm-hmm. he wouldn't uh, re, he wouldn't relinquish any of the steps and the, the parts of these recipes. So, I mean, you start in on a recipe, and you get to a certain point, and you've used up the page, and then it's continued on page such and such. And then there are all these different stuff. It's like, it was totally exhausting. <laughs> you know, it it works. There's a time and a place for it. It works in a restaurant, in classical fresh French cooking perhaps. But for the home cook, I would say, generally speaking, less is more. Yeah, let's make a point that when we're talking about how to use this book, these were all recipes designed for and tested for the home cook, correct? Exactly, correct. And there are more of us now than ever. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's time now to welcome people back into the home and to gather around the table. I think it's something we're longing for more than ever. Right. I was watching a promo for that, um, what's his name? It's doing the Italian Finding Italy tour. What's his name? The actor. Anyhow. Um, Tucci. It, he, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci, and he says, oh, yeah, and he says, and it shows this this big table with people crowded all around it, and and, and says, there's an old Italian saying, there's an Italian saying that when you're at the table, you don't go old. (laughs) I love that. that. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to use that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, we've had that experience in Italy a lot, because that's kind of, how it goes. You know, you fall into a, a dinner party and you're just welcomed in there and you're, <laughs> you all, you have all these new friends. So, uh-huh. but the other thing I really liked was, um, at the end of your recipes, you have, um, substitutions, um, storage information. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did you put in here? You tools and of, tips, tools and tips. Uh-huh. I think that's really very useful. I tried to make the book as user-friendly as possible. Well, you sure did. I think you did. Um, And some of these recipes are just 
did you make up this one? I mean, I keep, you're very proud of this one, and this is one I would like to try when we get into the season. Honeydew with sea salt and lime poppy seed drizzle. Now that sounds and looks wonderful. Delicious. It's really yeah. fun and delicious, and it's a crowd favorite. Good. And, and that leads us to something else, is the photography is wonderful in these books. Thank you. Did you, did you do the, the photo shoots, or who did you um, use? So I used a wonderful photographer named Kate Sears. She's um, based in New York, and she's actually shot my last three books. So we have a very good report together, and uh, she's just wonderful. Great. Um, you you sort of point out certain um, recipes. And, oh, here's one that I want to point out. This sounds just heavenly to me. This is my kind of stuff. Roasted almonds with lemon and thyme. Now, where did you get that idea? Um, you know what? I've Growing up, my mom always roasted her um, almonds with just sea salt. And this was something I just came up with to take the lemon zest. I like quick and easy recipes. This is something, if you're having a friend over for a drink or a cocktail party, it takes maybe 15 minutes total. And I just, I, I love the idea of adding some flavors to what's a usual almond and just enhancing it. Good. And, and you, you have a section here where you suggest menus for, um, and for certain gatherings, what is a Sanka set? A Sanka set. So Sanka set is a French-Canadian term, which literally means five to seven. And it's yeah. an after-work so drink-and-nibble cocktail, yes. Yeah, okay. um, very typical in, in Canada, Quebec, to say we're meeting for a drink at Sanka set. Just means after work, something quick and light. Nice. Well, you have a range of menus, uh, suggested menus, from brunch uh, through winter lunch, um, Shabbat, uh, elaborate Shabbat dinner, um, mm -hmm. picnics, outdoor dining, and, and that's very helpful, too. Um, what are some of the other things you viewed as, as being different from what, what you see in most cookbooks? So I think it's more than just a cookbook. It's really a guide to entertaining, and it's a guide to gathering. Um, my my hope was to offer tips and tools and to really speak to the reader through the pages of the book and to guide them on how to really succeed in hosting and enjoying the art of hosting. And uh, it's with these little tips and tools and tricks and suggestions. And um, I have a section that um, is basically like leftover makeovers, also using leftovers to recreate into new meals that are delicious. Um, and it's just a very usable, everyday, workable cookbook that I think anyone can enjoy. Right. You have a lot of eggplant dishes. Um, the uh, I just read eggplant originated in India. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. I, that we there's a book that you probably ought to read by this English author. In fact, we're going to be interviewing her. It's called um, the Nutmeg Trail. 
Oh wow! And it's I'll look it up. It, it, look it up because it's all these. It's the best book on spices I've ever seen. Oh wow! Okay, that sounds wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we. I guess we've been in the age of of spices for millennia, but but now more than ever, we have access to these from all sides of the world, huh? Absolutely. It's and wonderful. the other thing I'm going to make is I've tried over and over again. I cannot roast cauliflower and, and have it taste good. Now, you have one really? where it looks good, zatar cauliflower steaks. No, so yeah. I love zatar. I love um, cauliflower. And I love roasted things. So maybe I don't roast them enough. Or what do I do? They, they come out I, all dry. And... I think the key is to get it the oven nice and hot and use a good olive oil. And, I mean, this recipe is as simple as it gets. It's literally cauliflower, za'atar, salt, pepper, and olive oil roasted in a hot oven. I also like roasting on parchment paper. So maybe you can... If you if you haven't done it that way, that might help also. Yeah, I I did when I got my uh, what's the name of that uh, the holy sheet pan from um right the what the, the sheet pan that it, it, it advises you to use either silpats or um or the paper parchment mm-hmm. parchment. So I've been doing that. Maybe I should just try that with cauliflower. And, and the other thing that I was pretty much raised on is um, using um, eggs with asparagus. It seems to be and Peter makes a wonderful asparagus omelet. Um, my mm. mother used to make asparagus every which way. At a time when I wasn't even, I didn't like asparagus all that much. But, and then by the time I, I decided I loved it, it was so expensive. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, I started to tell you something about, oh, she even made asparagus soup. Not not crema, but just clear broth. Puree. Wow. Oh, wow. No, just so about asparagus and in, in, cooked in broth, you know, um, and um, she would drop eggs into it and poach the eggs in the soup. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that in a cookbook. Maybe no. you should put that one. <laughs> okay. I'll give you credit. <laughs> okay. That's good. Give my mother credit. Yeah. So, and you have plenty of um, desserts, sweets, for those who have a sweet tooth. Um, I never heard of Israeli-style cheesecake. What makes that different? So it's a no-bake cheesecake um, using heavy cream and softened cream cheese flavored with vanilla extract. And the base, um, which is, I think, what makes it Israeli, which is um, particular to Israeli-style cheesecake, is like a cookie, um, basically like a butter cookie base that's Ah. crumbled. So basically you, you bake a large butter cookie, and then you crumble it up, and those crumbs are used as the crust and as the topping of the cheesecake. Wow. You Delicious. know, you talk about simple but wonderful. I think your, um, the, the, what kind of lettuce is that, the little small heads? Oh, little gem. Yeah, I mean, I think that, talk about simple, and yet it looks just wonderful. 
Well, I, I congratulate you on, on your book. You certainly got your aim, giving a spirit to this whole cooking and entertaining business, and as well as interesting tips on on how to keep it simple and not lose your mind altogether over it. Now, if you had guests who behave rather better at dinner parties, you'd be doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Right. So I think that's one of the things I begin. People would show up, a couple would show up, you know, and, and I would have made a little present for each one of them. And for the first time, I understand that the the, the guy wasn't coming, just the one person instead of the, the oh. couple. And I think that's rude, but anyhow. Uh, so... <laughs> But so I think that if, if you cut back on uh, how well you entertain, then you also find yourself cut back with the uh, I think good manners on the part of the guests. <laughs> so it, you need the good guests to to make it a point. You need the right people at the table. Yeah. That's for sure. Because you know the are, most mem- the, the the book is again called. The Modern Table, Kosher Recipes for Everyday Gatherings. And uh, you, you'll find some good vegetarian, um, vegan tips. She gives you call-outs to these little tips. And, and she is the author, Kim Kushner. And uh, I think you do real well with this book. Thank you Kim. so much. I really well, appreciate you. you having me. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for talking to us. Of course. Oh, Francie, and you pronounce your your last name perfectly, Cacavo. (laughs) Yes, yes, you got it. Most people probably say Cacavo, right? Wrong. That is true. That is true. (laughs) Well, your your, uh, company is called Olivia's Croutons. I never ever thought of, of a company um, devoted entirely to making croutons, but yours apparently works. Yes, tell apparently you... it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're 32 yeah. years into it, so I'd say it's working. Oh, 32 years. 32 well, years. Yeah, well, you, you say on your website that you love what you do and, and love making a product that people love to eat. And uh, and it's unique, and it's all of those. And the, uh, the consumer, the ultimate consumer, is Peter Haig, um, <laughs> who has figured out ten million different ways of using them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, good. Just add a little crouton. Yeah. Whatever, Pardon? Whatever. You can just add a little crouton to, to just about anything, right? It's true. Yeah. They're great for baking, and they're great, you know, just out of the box. Um, dips, yeah, snacks, I I salads. Out of the box. Yeah, yep. I, I use them a lot with the tomato salad, as you can I'm imagine. Gonna, I'm going to try. I'm going to try a new. I'm going to try a new mm-hmm. variation today. today. Today's dinner is veal burgers a la Lowe Brothers, which is a butcher shop in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, and I usually use just. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for, sweetheart? Breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. I usually make bread. I usually bread crumbs. I'm going to do a mix of breadcrumbs and 
Oh, you're going to mix them together. You usually use the Japanese together. panko. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're so, going to be a little bit crunchier than panko, but they are yeah. already seasoned, so they're really great. We use them when we make meatloaf, too. Um, yeah. So it would be kind of like a little meatloaf patty. Um, you kind of are a, little, a few steps ahead rather than a plain bread breadcrumb because you have the seasoning. Right, right. right. See, I, mean, I love croutons, but, I mean, I, I'm always at the last minute – running out of time and don't take time to make it. So your product is perfect, it, and it comes in flavors. Tell us about your flavors. Well, we started with our original flavor of butter and garlic. Yeah. And, you know, it was when – I, when I started Olivia's Croutons, there wasn't anything like this in the market. You know, the kind of croutons that you could buy at the store were dreadful, you know, little tiny white bread cubes. <laughs> That had sprayed exactly on fake flavor, so that it was it was nothing that was ever part of my um, part of my dining experience. You know, any opportunity you had to have a homemade crouton at a nice restaurant or some some place that took the time to you know make their own crouton was always a treat. So we just started making these butter and garlic croutons. I just played around with a recipe. We used real butter. We used fresh garlic. We still do. Uh, we add a little basil, a little parsley, and originally we were buying French baguettes from a local bakery, and we soon outgrew his supply, uh, and we started making our own bread, uh, probably in, oh gosh, 2004, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, oh, maybe even maybe even earlier, maybe maybe 98. Uh, my husband joined me, and he started making the bread for us. Yeah, I was going to ask you who the we was. So, well, we're not, always not a your son. Mm-hmm. No, it's my husband. I started it on my own, um, but he was al- he's always been involved. You know, we we went to trade shows early. He would always come with me, and of course, late nights uh, he was there cutting bread or baking croutons or packing oh, bags. Uh, so we it's always been a joint effort. But he officially joined me, I think, in I don't know ninety eight possibly. He came home from work one day and said, "I quit." So I said, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to work with you. So the rest is history. It's worked. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, I would have called it panic time. (laughs) No, it was time to just put the pedal to the metal and rather than have a hobby business, have a real business. So we decided if he was going to join us, then we had to figure out how to actually make some money. And live off of it, and we have. Well, I think it's wonderful. This was your first experience running a food company, right? Absolutely, yes. Uh, my my family was fairly entrepreneurial. My dad had started his own business. Uh, my mom joined him, and then my both my brothers have had their own businesses. So I think it's it's possibly in our blood. It could be, yeah. Um, you, you have so many wonderful recipes on your um, your website. I mean, I'd like to just go through and make all of them. You know? <laughs> so, sure. Uh, do people send you recipes, or do you just develop them yourself, or how do you do this? A little bit of both. We, you know, if people send us a recipe and we test it, and it seems like something we want to include, we'll we'll add it to the list. Uh, we, have, mm-hmm. of course, we test bake it and then it gives us an opportunity to get a photo of it Um, but Mm -hmm. a lot of them are mine you know just uh, things that I make for my family and 
we use a lot of croutons when we cook, so uh, a lot of those recipes are just my my original recipes that that taste delicious. Yeah, well, I mean, have you seen Rabbit Olivia's Olivia's onion rings? You can use them. You can do onion rings too. We oh know, we, on the on the recipe, yeah, using yeah. the crumbs. Mm-hmm. That's true. That yeah, was I mean, that was I actually just, developed by uh, somebody in our office. That they created that really? recipe. Yeah. Well, Peter and loves we had a couple, onion rings. He loves yeah, onion I, rings. Those are delicious. And there's also a similar one with zucchini. So yeah, breading zucchini. Yeah, can you do that in an air fryer? You probably can. You know, all these recipes were made before air fryers existed, but um, even uh, I have an air fryer, which I didn't think I would ever have. And um, I've put it on chicken before, the crumbs on chicken, but yeah. I'm sure any of the vegetables would be delicious with crumbs. Do you like, I have an air fryer that somebody sent us that has never been out of the box. I've never uh, learned how to use it. Do you love yours? Well, in the wintertime, I do I do use it in the wintertime. I mean, I most of the, my cooking I do in a cast iron skillet on the top of the stove. That's really more my style. But it was gifted to me from a dear friend, and I thought I certainly owe her um, at least trying this this uh, uh-huh. this piece of equipment. And I and I have to say I've used it more than I thought I would. But you know, to throw a few pieces of chicken in there, chicken thighs, and uh, either some carrots or some kind of veggie, and cook it all together in twenty five. Oh, minutes you could cook it all together. I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, it's simple. Well, do you have one of the ones that looks like a um, toaster oven? It looks like a box, and then it has a. Uh, like a square um, handled tray that you pull out. Uh, yeah, well, that's not like, like this other one. Though yeah. Everybody raves about the ones that look like uh, toaster ovens, and I yeah, don't have I, one of those. I have no idea. No experience with that. <laughs> well, you know, how many years did you say you were in business? 32. <clears throat> we 32. started in 1991, or I started on my own in 1991, uh, doing it, my kids were babies, and uh, so you know we did it very one store, and then we added a second store. So it was a it was a slow growth in the beginning. Um, I still was working in my family's business. What was that? It was office products. So I was doing oh, sales of office products. Yeah, it, it completely complete career change. I mean, I went to school uh, for education. And then I went into business, and now, you know, I do the croutons, so I'm really into business. So, um, yeah. yeah, I didn't do the teaching. Well, you actually uh, weathered the uh, anti-carbohydrate storm, too, huh? Well, you know, it's, it seems like we're always fighting something. So I remember the very beginning, the first thing was low-fat. So we tried to work <laughs> and come up with something that was low-fat, but honestly... For a crouton, you really do need some fat. I mean, it, it makes yeah. them extra crispy. It adds so much flavor. Um, but we did. We worked with it just a little bit of olive oil. We put tomato juice in it. It was really tasty. But in the end, people really didn't want a low-fat crouton, so we discontinued it. <laughs> um, and then, oh, my gosh, then we've had, what, keto and paleo and... Yeah. The gluten-free thing, we, we actually weren't sure when gluten-free hit 
if that was real or that was going to be something that was going to be more passing. Um, yeah, how did but that is, happen to you? I mean, well, we're moving away from it now, but I still get tons of gluten-free products. Yeah, and I honestly think there is a, a pretty significant population that is not moving away from it. Uh, it's a very good seller for us, uh, and I do think there are people, my sister included, who feel better when they don't consume gluten. So whether they're celiac or not, you know, they've given up the gluten and they're feeling better. So um, I, I don't see those people getting back into gluten anytime soon. So, uh, you know, I feel fortunate to have, you know, we have a crouton and we have a stuffing that are gluten-free, and we get a lot of really How good feedback on those. How do you well, do run, that? How do you do that? Yeah, so in the, in the very beginning, uh, which was probably the early 2000s maybe, uh, gluten-free was sort of just coming around and then gluten-free products were slowly coming onto the marketplace and at that time you could really make a gluten-free product alongside a conventional product just by using gluten-free ingredients and people were all happy about that and then you know they started testing how many parts per million and the celiac Uh community got really vocal and so all of the major brands um you know were looking for a product that was under five parts per million well you can't make something in a shared kitchen and come up with that kind of um, purity. So we we discontinued for a while because we we only had one space. And then in 2013, we started again, uh, and we rented a dedicated space just for gluten-free. So we ran two two different kitchens at that time. And then in 2013, 16, we moved to the building we're in now in Brandon, and we run two parallel kitchens, uh, one conventional, one gluten-free. Both have their own HVAC systems. You know, they run off positive pressure. There's just no way for cross-contamination to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's hard. But, you know, at through the Fancy Food Show way back when, I saw this happening when the, um, the the labels started getting real long, real <laughs> real long, with um, you know free hyphen free, gluten free, yeah. um, you know fat free, uh, everything was free. Um, yeah. But uh, but actually, I think you're right that that um, people. I've heard people tell me over and over again, even if they're not, uh, if they don't have celiac disease, they tell me over and over again that they feel better when they're not eating gluten. Yes, I've heard that a lot. It's funny because it's like one of the oldest substances anybody ever ate. I know. And I think, you know, you look at some of the old flowers, the icorn and... um, you know, and there are people who feel like they can eat certain um, grain products that contain gluten, but not conventional modern-day wheat. Um, so, so you I, think that the product of the wheat itself actually has become um, contaminated over the years with it? I, I don't know because I really don't know the science behind it, and I would hate to, you know, feed that fire, but certainly there are people that believe that. I I think a lot of our food has evolved, not just wheat. So it's probably not, they're probably not the only culprit 
um, in making people people feel differently than they would have, you know, 50, 60 years ago. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you know, there's a lot of additives. There's a lot of different things in our food that that we've never, you know, we never had in the past. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, with Olivia's croutons, that was one of the you know, one thing we wanted to do is make a product that was croutons. We say croutons you would make yourself if you had the time. We talk about the ingredient list, the fact that everything we use is something you'd find right in your own pantry. Uh, We don't use any stabilizers, enhancers, flavorings. We don't use any of that kind of stuff. We use the real thing. So, you know, our bread is flour, water, yeast, and salt. It's a classic French recipe. And then we add butter. We do cut the butter with canola oil, so it's like a 50-50 blend of canola and butter. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we use fresh garlic, so we buy fresh California garlic, puree it, and add it in. And then we use dry herbs. So we don't have, you know, any kind of hyper flavorings that, you know, you can buy on the market today uh, in any of our products. Uh, When we did go to gluten-free, we did have to you know, use some ingredients that we couldn't totally consider whole. Uh, you know, some of the starches that go into the flours to make the breads. We do use xanthan gum. Uh, so, you know, we have had to deviate a little bit from our uh, whole all-natural ingredient statement on the gluten-free product. Um, but it's still super clean. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, how many um, varieties product you have we make four different varieties of croutons um we had a fifth and we're in the process of re reformulating that one to make it a little bit a different flavor so we have the butter garlic the parmesan pepper we have an organic garlic and herb and then our gluten-free garlic and then we also make stuffing so this actually is stuffing season right now believe it or not we've been making stuffing since may so we make a traditional Why is stuffing. stuffing season? Because we have to Why get it into the distribution. So. Oh, 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 for, it's already in advance of Thanksgiving, you mean? Yes, yes. Okay. So uh, nothing's selling, but we're making it. <laughs> uh, so we have the traditional, we have, make a cornbread, and then we make a gluten-free rosemary and sage. So those are our stuffings. And then we do a lot of custom work for different companies uh, that are either sold under their brand or used as ingredients. So we have a lot of other things going on besides um, just our branded product. One of okay. my favorite, one of my favorite mix-ins is a product called Tomato Bliss. I don't know it. Tomato Bliss. It's, it's all made with heirloom tomatoes. Yum! Is it just like a sauce? It's a soup. It's, it's a soup. It's like oh wow! Like, but you can use it. Uh, like tomato. It's the ultimate potato. It's the ultimate. Tomato soup. Wonderful. I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to mention it to you because it, it just—it's like your croutons. It just tastes absolutely magnificent. And it, well, and we so used easy. to. It's so easy. Yeah. All you have to do is open the lid. Yeah, there is a lot of easy out there, and fortunately now there's easy and good. I mean, I think uh, that good. you know, in the seventies, well, probably sixties and seventies, when um, manufactured food started to come out. It wasn't very good, so right. it's nice to see that you can buy something that's actually tasty um, and not and but, not a not a, a health mess. So, yeah, I, I, well, I will have to tell you though, because we get a lot of product, 
and uh-huh. um, very few gluten-free products don't taste like cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you try ours? Yes, and that, I mean, yours is one of the exceptions. That, that okay, good. Most, I'm glad to hear sorry, that. And but it's it's not a per, presenting itself as a cookie either. <laughs> no, it's not a cookie. Yeah, I know there is a definite. There's a real distinct texture and aftertaste often associated with a gluten-free product, and we worked really hard on our bread to try and not have that happen. So we use uh-huh. like, I think we use four different flour blends, flours to blend, and then we use three different starches. Um, so we're trying, you know, that rice flour grittiness that hopefully doesn't come through. I mean, we don't think it comes through. And then we also throw in a little bit of honey um, and a little bit of vinegar. And that also helps to, for the mouth finish, it, it doesn't have the um, the little bit of bitterness that you often taste at the very end of eating something that's gluten-free. So we feel like those oh. were our, our – I, sh- I guess I just shared our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people are going to rush out and start <laughs> baking their croutons. It's on the ingredient really label. <laughs> yeah, it's on the ingredient label anyway. So if they really wanted to know, it's it's all there. But, but you're, you're in Vermont, so pe- pe- people are not going to go galloping up there just – for a few croutons. Well, I, I yeah, they can. <laughs> um, we have a lot of stores in Vermont, but we do sell all over the the country, spottily, um, more often in like natural um, co-op type stores. But we do have some major chains that carry us, and we are, of course, I have to say, on Amazon, um, you can buy them there. So they're really available to anyone anywhere. Okay, and do you, do you um, actually sell it from your your website now? We do. We sell it from our oh, website okay. too. Yep, yep. Oliviascroutons dot com. Uh, we do. Now, have do you think that there's a? You I mean you're doing everything the right way and using top ingredients? Uh, do you think that that negates the um, the the issue of price point? Um, no, I think, you know, I, th- I think people are sensitive to price, and I think that even, especially now, you know, with the inflation the way it is, I think people are really having to be careful with their money, or some people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, fortunately, I don't think it's impacted our sales, but I do, I do hope that when someone buys our product, it is more expensive, that they feel like they are getting a good value because we have used uh, the most premium ingredients we can use and we've, you know, we've tried to produce something that that they can compare to something they might bake themselves. So uh, we, we hope that maybe it's not about price, but it's about value. Well, Tracy, you, you're a very astute business person, too, I have to say. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, well, I am don't, I supposed I don't know, about know about that. The, am I the, the, supposed to know who Olivia is? Well, Olivia is our daughter, actually. So okay. um, it's a funny little story. I, you know, when I decided I was going to start a crouton company, um, my grandfather had always called me Francisqueta. Um, he was Spanish, and he, that was his nickname for me. And I thought, oh, we'll call it Francisquetas. 
And then at the time, <laughs> you know, we we were super local, and there was a a restaurant next, to, you know, in the next town that was called Francesca's. And when I wrote it out in my script the way that I wanted it to look, it looked just like Francesca's. And I'm like, I can't do that. You know, I guess if I'd had a little more vision and understood that we weren't going to be a regional <laughs> a regional brand, I would have stuck with Francesca's. But my sister said, why don't you just call it Olivia's? Our daughter Olivia was three, and, I, and nobody was named Olivia back then. It was like a, it was not a popular name like it is today and i was like okay so we just changed it and said okay we'll call it olivia so that's that's how the name came to be okay it's if a, i was braver it would have been called francisquetta's <laughs> <laughs> well you're a delight and so is your product i mean you're so successful now i, I mean and you're already devising other um, areas for, for you to operate in business wise so I guess you have plans for the future of the company, huh? Yeah, we did. Um, you know, we bought a, a much larger facility in 2016 and renovated in 2017. So our plan really was to uh, open up more markets. It's been sort of a tough ride uh, over the oh, last uh, what four or five years. Yeah. So COVID, COVID was difficult. I mean, first getting up on our feet in 2017, it, it, it was harder than I thought. I just thought that, you know, we were going to go from our smaller facility to this larger facility and it was all going to be great. And it was, we were going to have economy of scale and efficiencies and it didn't really work out exactly like that. So we had a, a pretty serious learning curve the first couple of years that we were here in our new space, which Honestly, uh, Wednesday I was on the floor and I walked seven and a half miles. So um, that was in that was basically in, in the building, walking round and round. So it it can take some time uh, to get around and do things uh, that I just never anticipated. So um, you know we're still we're still getting our feet under ourselves. I guess we pretty much have our feet under ourselves now. We did have that little bit of a hiccup with COVID. Uh, and when now we're, we're we're back on track and our growth is back, uh, I think we were like twenty twenty five percent a year. So uh, we are, you know, we're we're digging ourselves up and out, and uh, we have capacity to do a lot of new and exciting things here. Well, I wish you well. Thank um, you. And yeah, and, and I'm glad that you've weathered all this stuff. I mean, a lot of uh, restaurants and chefs are not weathering so well, and it's really tough. Well, so we, we were very, yeah, very much aware of that. We had about 50% of our business was in food service. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the day COVID hit, we were like, blip, half of our sales <laughs> were gone. So, um, yeah, we, we feel their pain, um, and we're happy that, you know, some of them have survived and are, are back and, and thriving, and we're seeing that with our sales, uh, but it was very challenging to um, wake up one day and have half your market gone. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> well, you're delightful to talk to as well, and I could look forward to my uh, having your product in my my veal bowls for dinner. <laughs> well, terrific! Right. That's wonderful. Okay, and uh, so again, thank you, and hello to your husband. All right, I will. I will tell him hello. I don't think he even knew I was doing this, so I'll, I'll tell him what I did today. <laughs> Great. All right. Thank Great you. to meet you both. 
Thank you, Francie. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. I'm a co-founder, and I'm the president of Mother Earth Snack. Okay. Listeners, you you just now heard Frank Natale explain his position with Mother Earth Snacks and uh, some sub-companies, including what we're going to be talking about the most today is Q9 Superfood Snacks. Um, But I'm going to start by asking Frank um, to tell us the difference between the parent company and the subsidiaries. Could you tell us what those are? Absolutely. Well, the uh, the legal uh, the legal company is called uh, Mother Earth Snack, and that's what we go by. And then we have a brand. One of our brands is actually called Q9 Superfood. And uh, so that's one of our brands. And then we are working on some other brands as we currently speak that would be underneath the Mother Earth Snack umbrella. Okay. So, now, the Q, I mean, so Q9, how, how yep. long have you been doing this? Well, we started this project uh, about three years ago, and uh, of course, due to COVID, it was uh, it was kind of tough to get appointments for retailers and and uh, and distributors. So uh, basically, what happened was we started playing around with our formula, and uh, after. A year or so, we were we were ready for market, but being due to COVID, uh, it really gave us a little setback. So we went back to the drawing board instead of just sitting around and improved the flavors, improved our texture. Uh, we changed our bag look. Uh, we did. Uh, we went out. We got the certified organic, gluten free, non GMO. <laughs> you know, most most of the bells, most of the bells and whistles. And well, uh, you and actually made good use of your downtime then. <laughs> it wasn't downtime. Well, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, just to sit around and uh, not concentrate on the product, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to, uh, it's nice to, to basically, you know, really be involved and, and to make it the best thing, the best product out there. And, uh, you know, right now, you know, between our customers and our uh, distributors and uh, everyone that tastes the product, you know, it's 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 a, it's a very good feeling when you hear, oh, I love I love this flavor, or I love that flavor, or you know, I've never had tasted, uh, you know, because we have different types of products. We have uh, our puffs, which are which are basically our heart shaped puffs, and they're available in like four delicious flavors. Uh, we sell them in like a one ounce bag and a five ounce bag, and uh, on our puffs, they are very low in calories, fat, sodium, sugar, uh, containing zero cholesterol and zero saturated fat. And they're tasty. And, uh, I mean, they frequently when you get. I mean, this is a very important niche in the specialty food industry. That's good yes. for you and and snacks. But usually they don't taste like much. <laughs> well, that that's something. I mean, our customers rave about how they love our like light, satisfying texture with that perfect oh, yeah. crunch. I and, think they're uh, wonderful. 
it took us a while, you know, it took us a while, you know, R&D to, to come up with the right, uh, the right recipe. I mean, uh, people, you know, a, a lot of our customers, they describe our puffs as crunchy, crunchy like a pretzel and light like popcorn. And, you uh-huh. know, we listen to our, our consumers, and we love that saying so much that now on all our bags, we actually have an icon that actually states crunchy like a pretzel and light like popcorn. Oh, yeah. I right. mean, so, so, so we do listen to our, you know, to our customers. And, and uh, you know, of course, um, you know, we love to get the positive feedback, but also, you know, we do listen to some, some negative feedback sometimes, and uh, that, that's what makes us stronger and better. So, now, now, Frank, but, uh, the, core, the core of the whole business is this cereal product called quinoa. Uh, yes, yes. The whole, uh, our whole product stands, is, is made with 100% quinoa. In fact, our name, which is Q9 Superfood uh, for right. the brand, the Q stands for quinoa. And the nine represents the nine essential amino acids. So they're, basically, they're you know, of, they're a part of quinoa. That's that's all. All comes from uh, from quinoa. I mean, um, I mean, Q9 Superfood begins with the 100% organic quinoa, and like I said, I mentioned, uh, it contains the 15 vitamins and minerals alongside all the nine essential amino acids. I mean, amino acids are often re- referred to as the building blocks of protein. Exactly. Which benefits, which benefits our bodies in so many ways, including tissue growth and immune system function. But, you know, I really don't want to get technical, uh, but the fascinating part is that our bodies create some amino acids, but they cannot produce the nine essential amino acids. And right. it's very important. These, these nutrients are needed to be absorbed by the gut in order to enter our bloodstream and be transported to the brain, organs, and other vital parts of our body. And that by neglecting these nine essential amino acids could have a negative, a negative impact on our bodies, therefore making it very important to include them in our diet. And by having a Q9 uh, superfood puff, bite, or, or our sticks, you know, basically you are receiving those 15 minerals and vitamins and all nine essential amino acids, you know, which, which, quinoa, we're, which, which we're very proud of. Now, the quinoa grows where? Uh, quinoa grows basically in, in South, uh, South America, uh, 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 Peru, uh, Bolivia. Yeah, I think he was asking you where you got your quinoa from. Well, I I I'd rather keep that as a uh, as a trade secret <laughs> because each, <laughs> every every town uh, every city they uh, for some reason it just grows a little a little different. I mean, we just found out not too long ago that in the in in Colorado uh, the farmers are trying to grow quinoa now. I mean, so yeah. one day you know we hope that we're able to buy you know locally instead of importing instead of oh, importing the other product. So this way, everything is basically made in the USA and grown in the USA. I mean, so but that's uh, that's that's down the road, and I, I wish them a lot of like, success because yeah. if if everything works out well, they have a a great customer waiting to buy their quinoa. <laughs> there you go. Frank, you're in Florida, but you're not from Florida from your accent. 
No, no, no. Yep, I, I, I live in Florida now for about 12 years. I was born and raised in Queens, New York. How and, did I guess uh, that? <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. It's, it's, it's one of those accents, uh, you know, it's just like New England. They, they have their accent also, and the South has their accent. I just can't get rid of, but uh, it does, uh, it, it, it does uh, make a, a good conversation piece sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did you yeah, do before does. you did this um, Mother Earth Snacks? Well, right out of college, I spent uh, uh, probably about five, about five years up in the World Trade Center. As a uh, as a trader for Shearson Lehman Brothers, right, okay. And uh, I left Wall Street back in the late '80s, and then I went into the restaurant business. And I was in the restaurant business for approximately about 15, 18 years. I had uh, multiple places. I had uh, Martini Lounge. I was always associated with some type with food. And Where were uh, loved you to eat, loved the uh, I was in Forest Hills, Queens. Okay. You couldn't have picked a more challenging industry. You're lucky to be not in it right now. <laughs> yes, it's, a yeah, mess. It's, it's true. But but I, I did uh, leave there in the, in the early 2000s. And then from there, I had a uh, a good friend of mine that was a broker. He was an independent broker, food broker. And uh, he basically taught me the business and introduced me to some great, uh, you know, category buyers and companies. And and uh, from there, uh, I I I enjoyed I enjoyed working with manufacturers, but also I, I I've seen a lot of mistakes that they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's when I decided to uh, to come up with a a product that's that was needed out there. I mean, for me, it, 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 it's a few years ago, you know, I just realized that I, I needed to kind of get in shape and, 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 and I, I used to be a smoker, you know, quit smoking and, and uh, you know, start working out. And, uh, and the, the biggest thing on, on my side was, you know, I, I had to adapt my, my eating habits, which was easy, but when it came to snacking, I couldn't find anything that I enjoyed. It, it just didn't right, have flavor right. or had no crunch to it. And that's when I decided, you know, that's when I decided to, uh, you know, basically work on uh, on this project. Uh, I turned around and I grabbed some great partners. And, uh, you know, one of my partners is uh, an engineering uh, major. And, uh, you know, he handles the actual production of the facility we produce in Orlando, Florida, even though I live in Delray Beach. Uh, you know, the plant's about two and a half hours from me, and uh, that's where we actually produce uh, these uh, these wonderful snacks. Now, that's where you do the manufacturing, but the quinoa actually comes from Bolivia and Peru. Uh, the quinoa comes from somewhere. <laughs> I, re- I really don't want to say where it comes from because... Because, uh, you, you know, know we're, we're, not, too, we, not too long ago, just after people caught on to the benefits of quinoa, um, the, in Peru especially, because we have contacts in Peru and have been there and stuff, um, yeah. they, they didn't plan ahead to plant enough of it. <laughs> so there was yeah. this shortage of quinoa, which had everybody hysterical. 
So I guess yeah. they're now caught up. Well, quinoa has a lot. Of, quinoa has a lot of health benefits, like uh, like like we spoke about. But then also a lot of people have mixed feelings about quinoa. I mean, and, and that's I've, something I've that, heard that too. well, I've heard that yeah, too, well, some, some people don't like quinoa. Some people haven't heard of quinoa. Uh, you know, so you know, so on our project, what we wanted to do was we we made sure that uh, you know that we got a, we took out that earthy taste uh, that quinoa is kind of known for. Uh, what you know, what kind of taste? taste? Kind of it's like an earthy. It's like an earthy taste. And uh, See, I love quinoa. I, I really love yeah. it. No, when I, well, when I, I mean, make, when I make it, when I make it, Frank, I, I make a combination of quinoa and lentils. And lentils, yeah, yes, that's, that's, a, that's a nice smooth it out. And that's, and that's, that's a nice combination. That's a good. It's yep. a good combination. What, See, what, what we what, do is. I'm sorry. Um, what we do is we, we what we do is is we actually take the, the quinoa seed and we turn it into flour, and in the flour we we put to an extrusion uh, machine, and it's basically extruded out, and we're able to make a heart shaped you know heart shaped uh, puff. Uh huh. And so that's uh, how you, you know, do that. It, it, and that, and that's and that's how we do it. But then also, you know, it, it sounds easy, but it's really not. <laughs> no, I know. So I, no. I mean, we have trade secrets that uh, that we do to produce our product the way uh, the way uh, we produce it. Uh, I was sure, at sure. a distributor last week, and uh, he was trying the product, and he said, "Wow, what a crunch!" And and you know, he just loved it. And uh, and then on his desk, there were samples of another company, which I won't mention. You know, one of my competitors, and I said, "Well, oh, do me a favor." I said, "Open up, open up that bag right now." You know, because he said there were samples that came in, and he opened he opened it up and he took a bite. He said, oh, there's, uh, "He said there's no no comparison." He said, "I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't eat these, meaning the competitor." You know, compared to you know compared to what we, you know, compared to what we have. You know, but then also I, I do want to mention. I mean, we we spoke about the puffs. But then also, you know, in addition to the to the puffs, we also have a sweet side, uh, you know, Q9 bites and Oh, yeah, sticks. I was going to ask you about that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, which are basically, it's, it's, it's a crispy rolled wafer. It's infused with cacao that's filled with a fine semi-sweet chocolate. Or we have our vanilla, uh, which is a vanilla bean with like a sweet delectable white yogurt filling. So it's it's like this mixture of sweetness and, and crispiness is like the perfect perfect snack for any time of the day, and it pairs uh, so well with uh, coffee or like a standalone treat. So a lot of people replace it as uh, for a regular candy bar. Uh, you know, our what we're proud of is for our on our chocolate side, it's three ingredients. Or we, we use uh, semi-sweet dark chocolate, we use cacao, and we use quinoa. That's it. Three ingredients, and on the vanilla side, uh, we we use four ingredients. But uh, you know, we're, we're very proud, and uh, you know, try to keep everything very clean. You know, clean labels, and uh, yeah. yeah. So far, Peter you know, so far, like I said, Peter is um, is a geographer by education, and he noticed mm -hmm. that you have on the packaging you have the Andes in the background. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Which I yep. wouldn't yep. have picked we, we, up on, but he did. 
Yeah, we had we had to get that feel of that farm, you know, that farm, uh, you know, freshness type of uh, type of thing. So we did place uh, we did place that on the back on the here's back a, of the bags. Here's, yes. Here's, here's a, nice, a nice, nice catch, Peter. He's <laughs> a different, different direction a little bit, and we. we can't yeah, well, when it comes to the when when it comes to the sweets, there's nothing on the market like it. I mean, uh, uh, you, you you have vanilla wafers, you know, it's, uh, you know, people just, uh, they taste it and they, they just try to compare it to something that they had in the past or, or from their childhood and, uh, you know, being as, as healthy and better for you. Did yes, we, yes, I believe we, 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 sent, we sent you. Did we did we, we do have of it. It, it had, I have them in, in separate boxes. We. Frank, you can't imagine how many of these brown cartons I have all over my house. I, 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 I could imagine. Let me do one thing before we close, because this might, might interest you, it might not. But a, a number of years ago, how many, I don't remember, we interviewed someone, and they, part of their process involved quinoa, and making quinoa into a beer, and then they took the beer and transported it from Latin America all the way to France to to do the distillation into a liquor in the same country yeah. where they made cognac. Yeah. And we can't remember who it, who it was, whose project that was. I don't know. I can't remember. But I remember the conversation. It seemed like a very complicated production, having to well, jump continents like that. Believe it or not, when COVID did hit, uh, we were looking into possibly producing a quinoa uh, vodka, and sure, uh, you sure. know, with all the health benefits. That and, was that uh, was probably exactly what it was. It was probably it was probably a vodka. Yeah, vodka. I mean, but yeah. uh, but what we but we, what we decided to do was just concentrate on the snacks. And also, we are uh, currently playing uh, playing with a uh, a cereal line uh, for quinoa, oh, quinoa cereal, sense, yeah. Yeah. and and also for uh, you know baby uh, baby puffs for the kids, you know for oh, uh, for yeah. the infants uh, that that basically carries all nine essential amino acids and and uh, vitamins and minerals and and uh, so you know we are working on on other projects right now, but our main uh, our main focus is. Uh, is basically the Q9 uh, Q9 snacks, and uh, you know we're excited to get it, get it out there now. Uh, you know we have the capability. We have the capability. I mean, most of the buyers are looking at new items, uh, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we sat down with Walmart last week, and uh, they love the product. With, well, and, good luck uh, Walmart. Yeah, they uh, they you they they, they told us. Well, they well they basically they told us uh, we'll be in Walmart uh, first quarter of uh, of next year. That's pretty exciting. So, which is, you know, which is very, very so what exciting. Is, and Frank, what is your best website? Uh, I could be found on, it's www.MotherEarthsSnack.com, or you can find this at Q9Superfood.com. They both lead to the same, to the same website. Okay. So, yep. Q Q without the dash? Q, Q without the dash, yeah, just Q9superfood.com. And on there, you could see food. everything. You could, yep, you could see everything 
Uh, and you, you have, like, store finders, or can people order off of the website or what? Not, not as of yet. Uh, we are in a large, uh, a large amount of retail, uh, independent uh, retail stores, you know, throughout the, throughout the U.S. But right now, uh, the best way to find us is uh, either online or even on Walmart.com. We're, we're currently listed on Walmart.com and also on our own website. And then also we are on other selling sites that, uh, you know, if they, if anyone Googles us, then usually we pop up, you know, on Google or on our site that, uh, that, that you can purchase right there on the spot. But uh, we're yeah, hoping to. I mean, to I, I must, I can't remember if, if, um, if a specialty food association sent me the original email that put me in touch with you. Yes, well, we, we sell through the, uh, specialty food association. Uh, but that's more towards a, a wholesale a wholesale accounts, and also mm-hmm. we sell through Range Me and we sell through Fair. Uh, that is, if you're looking to buy wholesale at you know small cases at small case minimums at a at a time, but uh, but directly to retail, the best bet is Walmart, uh, our website, and also we are going to start listing on Amazon very uh, very shortly also. So now, what is this? Um the slogan, Happy Times Start Here, what is that associated with? Happy Times Start Here. Well, well, we, we say a couple, a couple of things. Uh, life is better with Q9. You know, li- life is better with Q9 superfood. And also mm-hmm. we consider ourselves the new shape of healthy. I mean, the reason oh, okay. why we're, we're the new shape of healthy is, is our, our puffs are heart-shaped and our yeah, bars and our sticks are like tubular you know, they're tubular with, with the filling on the inside. So it's, it's really nothing that, you, you know, especially when it comes to the sticks and bites, it's really something that you've never seen out there before. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we're proud, uh, you know, we're proud to say, yep, we're the new shape of healthy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you've really made, you, you can tell that you're a pro at this because uh, you've made such a, You've gone so far in such a short time and under probably the worst conditions we've ever seen. <laughs> it's yeah, been a long yeah. time. Uh, yeah, I mean, any, anyone listening out there, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 it was a long journey. But, you know, but listen, to stay dedicated and focused on, on what your goal is and what your dream is, I mean, if you just stay focused like that, I, I, I think everything works out. I mean, there's, there's, there's a will and a, and a, and a reason uh, out there for, for everything that we do. And, uh, you know, right now it's, uh, you know, we, we feel it's our time. You know, it's definitely uh, our time to get out there and introduce it, uh, you know, large, uh, largely into the market. I mean, we're, we're rolling out in about 30 days up in the New York area. And uh, we'll be in basically thousands of stores up there uh, within the uh, next, uh, next couple of months. So we're excited. We're excited. Well, it is but, exciting. Uh, you, de- I mean, you definitely right. have to stick to your plan and uh, just stay focused. Well, right. you're doing it, though, with a, a fast pace because I, I was noting, we, we've done this for so we, we've done it for almost 20 years now. And, and so we got exposed to uh, many startup companies, and we love noting how far some of them have come over that period of time you know like um that we interviewed the 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 woman who founded that um hint tonic 
Yes. And yep. when they were just starting out. And yep. now they're advertising on <laughs> everywhere, and it's everywhere, and every bar shelf, yeah. And, um, it, but you've done that kind of distance. You've cleared that kind of distance in a very short time. So I think yeah, well, that um, I, your products are in good hands, your companies that are in good hands. And I'm really I, I believe so. I mean, and, and I can't take all the credit because I do have a great team, uh, you know, behind me. I have, uh, you know, I have my partner, Yuri, who does manufacturing. I have uh, another gentleman, Tom, who does my marketing. I have uh, a, a, an old attorney friend that I took out of retirement that basically uh, steps in as a COO. Um, I, I, uh, I also have a director of sales, uh, you know, Michael Harris that, uh, uh, he, he's been in the business, the CPG, uh, business for over 35 years. Uh, you know, he, he worked with brands like Oreo cookies and Chip Ahoy's and, and, and things oh, like wow. that. So, so it's, it's as a team, I mean, no one person could do it alone. I mean, I was told a long time ago by my, by my father that, uh, you know, surround yourself around good people. You know, even that they're smarter than you, just surround yourself around, you know, those people, people that are dedicated, successful, and, uh, you know, and, and together as a team, you can make anything happen. Well, I think you're going to do it, and, and your people skills is part part of the success, I think. Um, I want to thank you, thank you. Um, for, for getting in touch with us and, um, and talking to oh, us my, about the my, company. My, my, my pleasure, and I'm glad you enjoyed. Uh, now, out, out of the puffs that you tried, uh, w- what was your favorite flavor? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Um, <laughs> they all, they all that actually, good, right? <laughs> well, I, I did have a favorite. I'm trying to remember what it was. It's just mm-hmm. so hard because I go through so many things all at once. Not so, a problem. Um, but, um, Fantastic. Yeah, so um, maybe maybe I'll call you and tell you what I figured out. That that'd be that'd be fabulous. I mean, that's. Uh, um, but it would it would be a savory rather than a sweet because I have uh, those sweet too. Send, send Peter some chocolate ones. Well, well, you got to try the sweets also. I said, I said send Peter some chocolate ones. Okay. Time time to. He likes he, he likes the chocolate. Fantastic. I like the chocolate. Okay. Yeah, he's he's a sweet person. We know he's English. The English live on sweets. Well, see that that's that's something about this company. We have something that will satisfy everybody. So from sweets Mm -hmm. to savory, from vanilla to chocolate to uh, zesty chili lime to spinach parmesan, we have we have something for everyone. So I like spinach parmesan actually. I like the spinach part. Yep. And well, in fact, we we were picked uh, from Bono Money Magazine as as uh, one of the top products from the SFA show last year. Yeah, I and, wanted to uh, mention that, and make sure that you, yeah. you brought that up. Yep, they uh, they, mean, they, I, they I, your industry yep, recognizes they, you your success as well. Yes, so. yes, and uh, yeah, they they raved about the spinach uh, the, the spinach parmesan, no, which, right. is, which is nice, which is nice. Well, how could you go wrong with spinach parmesan? <laughs> but, but truthfully, I mean, look on the shelves. You really don't see too many uh, spinach parmesan flavors out there. No, I mean, why not? They're dumb. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, that's why we, you know, we try something a little different. So, mm-hmm. 
So you know, hopefully we could set the uh, effect. Well, keep exploring uh, and, and taking the chances. And, uh, and talk to us again in, in a while back when you have new directions and want to talk about something, feel free to contact us. That would be fantastic. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Again, um, listeners, it's Mother Earth is the parent company, and what we're raving about right now is their Q9 superfood snacks. Go get them. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Did you cut it off? Let me, let me be. What?